Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am going to be your host. My name is Tanner Dislin, and I am joined by Sam Gatsi. And we are the N326 duo. Finally, we are getting another episode out. Unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, I was traveling. Last week, Sam was traveling. We've been a little, little bit sparse in our episode release, but we're back at it. We missed a lot on the hardwood, and I am ready to get into it. So there's a lot of basketball talk here on crunch time sam how are we doing today doing good man uh really like the thunder's performance in summer league last night um they're playing right now so it's a great time to be a thunder fan dude it was a good it was a good first audition for uh for your boy shet holmgren uh your your favorite their favorite draft pick of the of the thunder in the past uh in the past 10 years and hey if his first performance is any indication of what he's going to do in the league, you, you you might have to eat some words, brother. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a long process for sure. Anyway, we are going to get right into today's episode. As usual, we're going to start with winners and losers. However, we are going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to start with the loser. Sam, who would that be? Yeah, so as everyone knows, uh, on July 4th, you see – the greatest athlete of all time, do what he does, Joey Chestnut in the hot, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But there was a little bit of twist in this one at Joey Chestnut's 17th hot dog, I believe. There was a protester in a Darth Vader mask holding a sign that said, Expose Smithfield Death Star. Now, I'm not going to lie, I had no idea what that meant. So I did do a little bit of research. Um, Smithfield is actually a food company, um, pork producer. So he was uh, protesting the inhumane ways they kill uh, kill the pigs. So that happened. But what happened shortly after, Joey Chestnut put this dude in a chokehold. So look. That, and then he just starts scarfing down, uh, scarfing down some dogs. You know, if you want to go out and protest something you believe in, 100% go right ahead. When you get put in a chokehold by someone who has eaten 17 hot dogs, and I'm pretty sure he's still like mid, there's like a full ass <laughs> hot dog sliding through his esophagus. As you are on top of that stage, and he puts you in a chokehold in a matter of seconds, you have to be the loser. I mean, this dude got absolutely dominated on stage by someone who had eaten 17 hot dogs. Yeah. And the funny thing was, it turns out that Joey Chestnut actually had, like, a broken foot. So he's in a boot, too. Dude. Jordan flu game? Joey Chestnut broken leg game. Yeah. literally interchangeable. I'm not even sure that's the correct order, the order I said him in. But <laughs> you said something, and I, I like the way you said it. You called him the greatest athlete of our – oh, did you say of all time or of our generation? Of all time. Of all time. The, the greatest Not Jordan, not Usain Bolt, not Michael Phelps, not Tom Brady, Joey Chestnut, baby. Dude, and you mentioned a perfect name that to lead me into my next question. Frankly, a question that you asked. Joey Chestnut and Usain Bolt. I, I I need to have this conversation right now. Sam, pose the question to the audience right now. I saw this on Twitter. 
um, on July 4th and thought it was a great question. So, listeners, I have a question for you, Tanner. I want you to weigh in on this as well. Usain Bolt, the fastest man on earth, and Joey, the goat chestnut, are competing in a 100-meter dash. But there's a twist. The rule is they have to eat at eat three hot dogs before they can start running. Who wins? Boy, I, this, this is a this is a good question. But I am going to pull. How, how many hot dogs did Chestnut eat uh, this this past year? I want to say it's like around two two and a half. He ate Joey uh, 63 in 2022, and that's in they have what 10 minutes, yeah, yeah, so that's 600 seconds, and he ate 63, right? Yeah, so that means he ate a hot dog every 9.52 seconds, so. That, but this is also an average, right? I mean, this is an average yeah. over 63 hot dogs. I feel like his True. first couple hot dogs, he's still fresh. He's not, you know, he's just, <laughs> he's just it, cruising. It's even shorter than that. So, like, yeah. he's going to, at the worst, he averaged, averaged over 63 hot dogs, 27 seconds for those three hot dogs. Three hot dogs in, 23, in 27 seconds. Do you think right now you could eat one hot dog in 27 seconds? Absolutely not. Do you think Usain Bolt can? No. Twenty. I feel like twenty-seven seconds is a long time. It, I, I, but with chew, that's the thing is that he doesn't chew it. He doesn't have to chew it. We have to chew it. Usain Bolt would have to chew just, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. But Usain Bolt's a hundred meter dash world record. Keep in mind, this was thirteen years ago. World record was 9.58 seconds. So Chestnut ate, I think, what was his? His was. I think it was the exact same number. 9.52. So he eats, he averaged, he averaged eating a hot dog in 0.06 seconds less than Usain Bolt ran the 100 meters. Keep in mind, Joey Chestnut, this average he had, was a couple days ago. You say most of 13 years ago. And there's no chance he puts up a 9.58 right now. Yeah. Right? So I I think with this information, give me the greatest athlete of all time. Joey Chestnut will be able to down three hot dogs and run 100 meters faster than Usain Bolt can. I agree. I'm on the same page. Um, as I've said, and I say it again, Joey Chestnut's greatest athlete of all time. 16 championships. Absolute stud. So, Joey Chestnut, easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, let us know what you think, please, because I feel like, I feel like that's a good debate. And, frankly, if, if it was one hot dog, you had to eat one hot dog yeah. and then run, now that's interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. Three, I'm pretty comfortably leaning Mr. Chestnut, but yeah, that is our loser. He got taken down in a headlock by someone who had eaten 17 hot dogs and was still going strong and probably had one literally in his esophagus <laughs> as he was doing it. So 
You're a loser, buddy. Now we're going to go to the winning side. And this was actually a couple of weeks ago, but I mentioned the traveling that we were doing. So we haven't had an episode since. But this has to do with one baseball fan in the aftermath of a Mariners-Angels game. Now in this game, there was a lot of bad blood and the contentions kind of boiled over when Jesse Winker was hit by a pitch and he decided to charge the mound. For a while there, he was kind of fighting one-on-five with the entire Angels bench and and the players that were able to get over there. Uh, So he was ejected. He was ejected, but it was a lot of heart fighting one-on-five for a little bit. And uh, when he went to the locker room, there was a fan on Twitter who decided, you know what, that was an honorable effort for Mr. Winker. I'm going to order him some food. So she decided to get him a pepperoni pizza on DoorDash and instructed the Dasher to bring it to Angel Stadium. Now, this Dasher was a uh, he was a foreign foreign man who I'm not sure understood the kind of the, the difficulties of getting anywhere during an, an American sporting event. Uh, he accepted the job and took the pizza to Angel Stadium and understandably didn't really know where to go, had trouble with security and, and, and was instructed to literally bring this pizza to the visitor's clubhouse and give it to somebody named Jesse Winker. So it took him a while to do it, but he was able to. And there's a picture of Jesse Winker with the pizza, even DM the person who got on the pizza saying thank you and that he loved it. But upon completion, the person who ordered the pizza upped the tip for the driver a lot because of all the, you know, all the important, you know, how long it took, the amount of time it took for him to, actually deliver this pizza and the amount of care it took a lot of people would have just said screw this i'm canceling it but no this guy did it and because of it the the person who ordered it asked for the dude's venmo and then tweeted it and a bunch of people on twitter who loved the story of a fan being able to successfully deliver a pizza to jesse winker in the mariners clubhouse at angel stadium some people on twitter and and social media world started throwing him some tips too expressing their gratitude so it was awesome it was awesome very cool to see it actually happen but then for this guy who was a good guy and honored the commitment to deliver this pizza he got rewarded financially by it by some people on the internet so it was a really cool story and i don't know it, was just, it just made me feel good you know it was a feel-good story i think it was a, a week a week ago or something but it was good it was fun yeah. um that's hilarious dude it was it's great it was great <laughs> But now let's get into the bulk of the episode, man. There is a lot happening in basketball. You know it is the NBA offseason. If there's one thing the NBA is known for, it's drama. We've got a lot of things to cover. We're going to try and do it in chronological order. So that would be starting with the NBA draft. Now, this happened a couple weeks ago. Top five picks are as follows. Number one. Paolo Bancaro went to the Magic. And number two, Chet Holmgren, Sam's guy, went to the Thunder. Number three, Jabari Smith, who a lot of people thought was going to be number one, went to the Rockets. At four, the Kings kind of surprised a bunch of people taking Iowa's Keegan Murray. And then fifth, the Detroit Pistons took Jaden Ivey. So kind of, Sam, of those, give me a little synopsis. What, what, What picks are you liking here? Which ones are you not liking? Who's got a good fit? Who's not in a good fit? Talk to me. Man, I, I actually liked this top five. Um, you kind of mentioned Keegan Murray. 
uh, kind of shocking a lot of people. But uh, we loved it as Iowa fans. Of course. Um, Jay Billis even claimed he is the most NBA-ready prospect in this draft. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, but I really like this Jabari Smith um, pick. I think he uh, fits really well in with this young Rockets core. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, Jalen Green is kind of the centerpiece. Um, they got rid of C- Christian Wood, um, which will be interesting to see how that goes within the organization. But I thought Jabari Smith was a lock at one. <clears throat> So seeing him drop or drop, you could say, uh, to <laughs> three was an absolute steal for the Rockets. I'm sure they were not looking at Jabari Smith being available at that point. So I really like that pick for the Rockets. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree with that. I mean, from a value standpoint, like you said, he's kind of the consensus number one. They get him at three, uh, trading Christian Wood, kind of just replacing that. And if there's one thing that the Rockets didn't need in this rebuild is really any more guards. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green kind of taking that position uh, by the horn. So I completely agree. I kind of also want to throw in one that I liked, of course, from a value standpoint. Got to be Jaden Ivey, fifth to the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just an absolute freak athlete. Uh, his speed, his his um, vertical, all about that. Plus, he can shoot the ball, too. Jaden Ivey uh, looked like he was going to sure thing at number four to the Kings, but uh, Kings went Murray, and the Pistons were able to slide in and get a, like I said, just a freak athlete, great basketball player, and uh, a lot of another team with a lot of young talent. There with the Pistons. Is there anyone kind of in that top five, and I'll extend it maybe to the top ten, that uh, that you weren't liking, one that you kind of was a head-scratcher for you? Number nine, uh, Jeremy Sochin, or however you say his name. Yeah. Um, that was wild. Um, I was not expecting him to be drafted that high. But Greg Popovich um, is going to probably work his magic for a dude nobody knows. I mean, he's done it in the past. He'll probably do it again. But, uh, yeah, that that one was questionable for sure. Talk to me a little bit uh, about Shaden Sharp or Shaden Sharp because, I mean, for all of us college basketball fans, obviously he didn't play last year. So not, not a lot of us got to see him play. Um, did you like the pick? Did you think that was a reach or – is this guy kind of a diamond in the rough that didn't play last year? And, uh, and this- yeah, that when he, he was drafted seven, seven, that's kind of wild. Um, but I mean, he has the build to be a good NBA player. Um, I personally wouldn't have taken him at seven. I think that's a little high for a dude that hasn't played. Just a very weird, just seeing like the ESPN broadcaster showing his high school highlights. Yeah, that's that's, that's weird. It's like a non-ironic high school highlight is always kind of tough to, uh, (laughs) tough to deal with. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's had experience uh, playing uh, in the FIBA for America. Um, so it's, I don't think it's, uh, immediate, um, it's gonna He's going to be a project player for sure, which I don't know why you do that at seven, but trailblazers are tanking for Bronny. So tank for Bronny. And then you get one year of LeBron, of course, uh, another name I kind of want to throw in there. 
Jalen Dern going to the Pistons. I think that was a great move. Granted, it was from a lot of trades, and, and the Pistons, I think, fared very well in this draft. That's certainly not a hot take at all, getting um, getting Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern. But that leads us to a beautiful segue. We talked about what your, uh, what your Thunder did, getting your boy, Shet Holmgren, uh, your favorite player on earth. But now, of course, we got to look to my team, the New York Knicks. What an absurd uh, draft night for the Knicks. Trading back with your Thunder, getting a couple first-rounders, the hot pursuit of Jaden Ivey, uh, something that they had been rumored to be very interested, or someone they had been rumored to be very interested in. Reporting that there was a trade in place with the Pistons, turning out, but it turns out, the Knicks used that first rounder to flip or to get Kemba Walker's salary off the books to go after Jalen Brunson. And it was just an entire, it was so confusing. Neither Shams nor Woj had tweeted, like they, they had tweeted that Kemba Walker was going to the Pistons and then nothing for like the, for the next hour, hour and a half. So, we knew there was a deal in place with the Pistons. Wasn't sure if it was for Ivy. We had no idea what was going on. They just kept trading back. And in the end, they ended up, granted, with free agency now somewhat settled. I mean, we kind of got the, the first ripple effects from free agency. But be- before we had that luxury and we didn't know anything about Jalen Brunson and where he was deciding, after that night, the Knicks had effectively traded their first-round draft pick to be able to offload Kemba Walker's salary for the ability to go after someone in free agency, which frankly really angered me. And I know it angered a lot of Knicks fans and it kind of, it was an easy, easy laughing stock an easy target for the NBA community. And they did take advantage and rightfully so I was very, very pissed off after that draft. But uh, I mean, it was, it was so weird. Was it not? Yeah, it was. We were watching it over Zoom, and because so the if I remember this correctly, y'all traded the eleventh pick to the Thunder. To the Thunder for two first and, rounders. I want to say we thought that was part of the Pistons trade, but that wasn't revealed. That was a separate trade. And, yeah. Oh my it god, was it was so confusing. So I, you know, we had other other reporters saying that that the Knicks might be able to pry Ivy. Some people saying Ivy's not going anywhere. We knew it was with the Pistons. It was just insane. Yeah, it was wild. Very wild. I mean, but props to the Pistons, man. They got it done on draft night. Jay and Ivy, Jalen Dern, we kind of mentioned it, but great draft. They got the two guys they wanted. And it's going to be scary in Detroit. And like, give it a couple of years. But that team could be good, man. Not to mention Cade Cunningham. And later in the offseason, they traded for quite possibly the best player in the NBA in Alec Burks. Those of you who are new to the pod, or frankly, I don't even know if we've talked about it on here, but I am a big Alec Burks fan. Love the guy. I think he's one of the better bench scorers in the league and criminally underrated. And frankly, I was a little upset that my Knicks traded away. Alec Burks, of course, half of that being sarcastic with a little truth to it. But I, I, I'm a, I'm a Alec Burks fan. I'll say that. And now, prepare Alec Burks with that young core. Detroit is looking like it's on the way up. But, of course, 
in doing so, they had to cut our Iowa boy, Luca Garza. Now, after the draft night and all the craziness that was whatever the hell the Knicks were doing and the Pistons being able to get Jalen Duran and all that trade rumor, that leads us right into more trades because, frankly, the free agency period did not disappoint in the trade market. First off, we have the big one, the bombshell. Kevin Durant is officially asking for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Doesn't want to be there anymore. Apparently, it was reported that he is still interested in playing with Kyrie, but doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. I have no idea what that franchise could have done. If it's not Kyrie's fault, what did the franchise do to just make him not want to be there anymore? But nonetheless, doesn't want to be there anymore. And his two preferred destinations are the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat, who coincidentally were the one seeds in each of the conference finals. So KD doing KD things. Uh, KD, KD, KD. Uh... Just once again, proving uh, the cupcake that he is. We've known it for years now. Um, He just can't get done. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't want to hear any more comparisons uh, to LeBron. Uh, They're not even in the same realm. Um, At least LeBron won a ring when he uh, went to different teams. KD uh, got participation trophies, so... Shout out to KD for that. Um, I'm really sick and tired of it. Um, I'm not a KD fan. Was one of his biggest fans back in the day. And then he decided to be a cupcake. And uh, yeah, um, he's going to go to the Suns. Um, they're going to win a ring. Uh, but Devin Booker's going to get finals MVP. Um, and that's that. And yeah, that's my uh, thing, I mean, man. Even if KD does get finals MVP, no one's going to care. It's because he won won two finals MVPs with the Warriors, but still, everyone knew Steph was the heartbeat. KD, I mean, this has been – the dead horse has been beaten with this guy. To quote Charles Barkley, he just cannot drive the bus. He is a bus rider, not a bus driver. And again – wants to go to a team with two all-stars he said that of course he does because god forbid he plays for a team where he's not surrounded by insane talent and he has to actually lead a team like lebron did like curry did whatever katie i I don't even know what to say about you anymore but of course with that news there that begs the question his his partner in crime or his former partner in crime in brooklyn Kyrie. what does that mean for him because he was always the guy when they got to Brooklyn, he was the guy who really wanted to be in Brooklyn. And KD was the guy who took some convincing. What happens with him now? Cause he, has he officially requested a trade? No, I don't think he has. Has I don't he, think he has. but it's just Brooklyn. Why would you keep Kyrie? If you're trading KD, theoretically, you'd probably press the reset button. So Kyrie, I, the trade market for him has been a, understandably a lot slower than, than the one for KD. Really, I think most of the reports are saying there's only one, one pursuit, one team in pursuit. And, of course, that's the reunion with his old buddy LeBron in, in L.A. 
Yeah, I I saw that as well. I heard uh, the Lakers um, threw a little package around Westbrook and the Nets declined. Um, Shocker after terrible season Westbrook had, but it'll be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we hadn't seen Kyrie play in years uh, due to the whole COVID situation. But, I mean, he's still a bucket. He can still get done. I'm surprised there's not more interest, to be honest with you. But. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's so weird. And that is the story in Brooklyn right now. And with all of that going on, I know really the, the, the first domino to fall, of course, is going to be KD because he's kind of going to decide what, what, what Brooklyn does with, with these pieces. and. They're asking for a lot, right? And there's one team who has a ton of picks to offer. It would be a homecoming, Sam. You know I got to ask a Thunder fan, how would you feel about KD returning to Oklahoma City and playing for the Thunder again? Dude. Oh. Oh, man. I wouldn't want it. You wouldn't. wouldn't. Because more than likely, knowing KD's track record, he'll leave in two years. And he doesn't have another superstar to actually drive the bus. He's going to be... Sorry. Giddy, bro. Sorry. Not Sorry. that giddy, bro. Sorry. Sorry. I would like to formally apologize to Josh Giddy for not respecting his ability on the basketball court. But hey, to play devil's advocate, what if you could trade Shet for him? Obviously, it would be more, but you'd get rid of Shet. Trade one oh. Slim Reaper for another. Mm. I still like Shet, man. He's I'm still taking Shet. He's still with Shet, man. Dude, I get it. When, when when you burn a bridge like that, as as Katie did, you kind of want nothing to do with him. I get it. Yeah. Nothing has shown you that he can take a team again that isn't doesn't have another top seventy five all time player. He can't lead it. even when they do. When he doesn't have it. He can't win. So, but with that being said, I, I have a nice little fun game to play, Sam. You know what we're going to do? We're going to look at an interesting little stat. KD and Kyrie, they signed three years ago in Brooklyn. Of course, KD signed while injured. This was a knowing, uh, this was a known problem going into that free agency. But three years, they both spent as members of the Brooklyn Nets. You know, how, you know how many games they played together? Just them two. Forget about James Harden because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> how many games did KD and Kyrie play together in Brooklyn? I'm going to say like 30. It is a little bit higher than that. It's 44. Now, I have a list of obscure former all-star duos who played more games together than KD and Kyrie. Patrick Ewing and Gary Payton played 76 games together. What? John Wall and Paul Pierce played 71 games together. Oh, my God. Gary Payton and Kobe Bryant played 65 games together. Tony Parker and Kemba Walker played 56 games together on the Charlotte Hornets. What? I completely... Completely forgot about Tony Parker on Le- the Hornets. LeBron and Shaq played 53 games together. 
on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh my God. Scottie Pippen and Hakeem Olajuwon played 50 games together on the Portland Trailblazers. Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant played 48 games together no. on the Los Angeles Lakers. No. And Vince Carter. Yes, the Vince Carter that, that retired three, four years ago. Vince Carter and Hakeem Olajuwon played 47 games together what? on the Toronto Raptors. All of those duos played more games together than Katie and Kyrie did for the Brooklyn Nets. That's awesome. I mean, some names, man. I completely forgot about some of those duos. (laughs) The Steve Nash Kobe one really got me, though. They played four more games together. (laughs) Dude, Tony Parker and Kemba Walker played 12 more games together. Then Katie and Kyrie did. That is absolutely insane. It cannot be overstated how much of a failure this Brooklyn saga was. Not even, of course, this is just with Katie and Kyrie. This is not even including James Harden, who, you know, we all know what happened there. Traded for, then traded out just like that. But I will say, I think it would be quite fun if those Lakers-Nets deal does happen. And uh, Russell Westbrook goes to Brooklyn, him and Ben Simmons on the same team. Enough bricks to build a goddamn city in Brooklyn. So that would be a lot of fun to watch for the spectators. But, of course, this is not the only trade action that has been going on in the NBA. Kind of the first blockbuster, if you want to call it that, I personally would. The Hawks-Spurs trade where the, where the Spurs traded away DeJounte Murray and Jock Landale to the Atlanta Hawks for... Danilo Gallinari, who, if he hasn't already, is going to get bought out. A 2023 conditional first-round pick. The Hawks' 2025 and 2027 first-round picks. And a 2026 first-round pick swap. So three first-rounders, a pick swap, and Danilo Gallinari for DeJounte Murray and Jock Landale. Sam, make it make sense, please. I I can't. (laughs) <laughs> or not, I can't. Um, the Hawks uh, played some bully ball and stole the Spurs lunch money, to put it simple. Um, I mean, DeJounte Murray was an all-star last year. He was. He was. Maybe that's what the Hawks are doing. Maybe the Hawks are getting a second all-star so they can be in the running for KD. There you go. See? I think you're on to See? But yeah, man, I think you're – I think you – it was just <laughs> stop me, you know, stop me if I'm wrong here, but it just felt like it was all around weird because of all the teams buying for DeJounte Murray. It seems like a team with an all-star point guard wouldn't be one of the ones that got him. Evidently they were. Apparently, uh, Trey Young wanted him. So I guess the organization backed their best their franchise player and said, if you want him, we'll get him. But um, weird fit. A weird trade package, just all around weird. Uh, that you that think, was you my... think it's a weird fit for the Hawks? Kinda, a little bit, yeah. Really? See, I think I think it's a good. I think Dejounte Murray and Trey Young are gonna be solid only if Trey Young can learn to play off ball. Because Dejounte Murray's a playmaker. I know it. I know his... it. It's going to be interesting because I feel like Trey Young is a more ball-dominant player. So 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess my thought, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Hawks didn't get, I mean, DeJounte Murray is a great basketball player. They got a great basketball player, so they all are just a better team with him. That's, you know, that goes without saying. But I, I guess what I'm sitting here thinking is, you know, what you said about the whole off-ball thing, Trey is like, he's ice Trey. He's the ISO guy, right? He may be one of the best ISO scorers in the game. If you need a bucket late, he's the guy, right? Getting a playmaker like DeJounte Murray, who's on, frankly, who's on a bad team for a while, someone who's used to having the ball in his hands, and that's just who he is. Like you said, he's a playmaker. Could those assets have been better spent to get someone who doesn't need to be a playmaker and pair him with Trey Young, who's already, you know, one of the better ISO guys and the, one of the better shot creators and the better tough shot makers in the league? But that's, I guess, what I'm saying. Uh, I the Hawks got better though. Like that's yeah. they got a very good basketball player to add to Trey Young. Where does I mean this got to stand in one of the better uh, one of the better guard duos in in, in the league right now. Oh for sure. But it's going to be interesting. Hawks kind of had a terrible season last year, coming off of the Eastern Conference Finals appearance. So yeah. Now we move on to. The biggest trade, Sam. I know you're going to love this one as an avid Rudy Gobert fan. Oh, yeah. You're going to love him in Minnesota. 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 Of course, Rudy Gobert going to the Timberwolves and the Jazz getting in return. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Palmero, Walker Kessler, 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, 2026 first round pick swap, 2027 first round pick, and 2029 first round pick. So that's four first rounders, one pick swap. Two of the four first rounders are protected, and five players. So they traded an entire lineup plus an entire lineup worth of picks for Rudy Gobert when they already have an all star center on their roster. <laughs> Yeah, um, dude, just take away the players. Just take away Malik Beasley, Beverly, Vanderbilt, Balmero, and Kessler. That is still one of the worst trades of all time. Dude, or keep the players. Remove the draft picks. It's still a terrible <laughs> trade, bro. You have Cat, which is one of the better Big men's in the league. All-star center. Like. Self-proclaimed best shooting big man of all time. Reigning three-point contest champion. I I think this needs to be said to truly understand how idiotic this trade was. In 25-26 season, Cat and Gobert will make a combined $98 million dollars. In just that one season. <laughs> Explain that. Explain so, this one to me, Tanner. That one, okay. <laughs> what I said about what I said about Dejounte Murray and Trey Young goes quite possibly triple for for this trade. I mean, the fit is so bizarre. You already have an All Star center. What could these resources go to? Not a center. When you have $98 million tied up in two players 
at the same position. And it's also the only position where one is on the floor at a time. If it was two forwards or two guards, they can share the floor. There is only one center on the floor at, at, at any given time. So you have to move Carl Anthony Towns to power forward. Sure, you can play some you can play some big ball, I guess, the opposite of small ball. <laughs> Worked for the Cavaliers, but Evan Mobley's legs, I mean, he's younger than both of them. He's more yeah. way more athletic than both of them. Yeah. Jared Allen, again, younger, more athletic. I just don't see how this is going to work at all. I just really, I really don't. Yeah. I, what a bizarre trade. So weird. Now, think of it this way. What if Minnesota was able to package this, was able to get this package plus like throwing in D'Angelo Russell maybe move him to like San Antonio for DeJounte Murray. Now you have a not, you know, you have a young, good point guard to pair with Anthony Edwards, with Carl Anthony Towns, but no, instead you decide to use these assets on a center when you already have one. I just simply don't get it. I am not a D'Angelo Russell fan as it currently stands. I think he's kind of a bozo now and when there was a young, good guard on the market, granted he was already gone by the time of this trade, but surely this trade was working for a while. I just, oh my gosh, I simply I don't, don't understand, understand it. it at all. You gave away five picks. You had to beat three from Atlanta, and you gave away five plus five players for a position you already have an all-star player in. And again, the one that has one on the floor at any given time. I simply don't understand it. And it's Rudy Gobert you're getting. And it's and it's Rudy <laughs> Gobert you're getting. Like if it's Jokic, I'd be like, all right, that's cool, man. But one of the worst offensive players in the league. Uh, it just probably the worst. What the worst offensive all star ever? Got to be. I dude, I'm I simply am at a loss. I don't know what Minnesota's doing, and. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we're wrong, but God, it, it feels like they had a real promising group there, and then they traded away for a for a position. Again, I'm going to keep saying it, the position they already have an all-star player. Yeah. Not only is it the position where there's only one of the four, which I said a million times, but also quite possibly the least impactful position on the basketball court in the modern NBA. But that's not all. Hopefully, we can get in the more positive mindset and not just be scratching our heads the entire time. We're going to look at the Celtics Pacers trade where the Celtics were able to successfully get Malcolm Brogdon and they gave up Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, Juwan Morgan, and a 2023 first round pick. Sam, talk to me. I I love this trade. I think the Celtics stole Malcolm Brogdon given the Pacers are probably tanking at this point. Uh, Offloaded uh, DeMontis um, and off offloaded Brogdon. Um, they're definitely tanking for Bronny. Again, uh, compete with the Trailblazers in that lottery. Um, but I, I love this. We saw the Celtics uh, struggle without a true point guard. And I think Brogdon fits in this offense perfectly. I mean, Brogdon, uh, Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Big Al. I mean, studs but uh, and they didn't give up a whole lot i mean daniel tice played some valuable minutes honestly didn't even didn't even know the other guys if i'm 
being 100% honest. <laughs> That's uh, fair. So, That's fair. You know, Nick Stauskas uh, played in the G League last year. Michigan legend, of course. Those of us, you know, in in the, the Adidas sleeve basketball jersey days with Nick Stauskas wearing the Michigan one. But uh, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think this is a great get for the Celtics. Um. I think Marcus Smart slides nicely into the off-guard role, still get his defensive prowess, still get his energy, but you move those to a more traditional point guard. Even even Brogdon can play off-ball as well if something happens where Marcus Smart needs to handle some of the ball handling. Brogdon, knockdown shooter, um, just a real good, solid basketball player. As you said, Daniel Tice, sure, yeah, he's a piece, but there's four or five of those in the NBA right now. A backup center that can rebound and be a little bit of a defensive anchor. Those kind of grow on trees right now. Not that hard to replace. Aaron Neesmith, I think he had some value. Uh, so that, you know, really the only value I, I see that would be hard to replace, of course, is the first rounder in Aaron Neesmith. And I would have traded that for uh, Malcolm Brogdon in a heartbeat. So I, I completely agree with you. Love this trade for the Celtics. Um, it does create a, a bit of a log jam, though. I don't really know who's going to be the five to close, which obviously is a good problem you have. But between Brogdon, Smart, Tatum, Brown, Horford, and Robert Williams, who an injured Robert Williams, I thought was the Celtics' best, most consistent player in the finals. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Robert Williams fan. I think he is a very, very good basketball player. Yeah. So creating a, bit, a little bit of a logjam there, but again, good problem to have. One person has the hot hand, one person's cold, foul trouble. You can, you can maneuver your way around that. So I love this get for the Celtics, and it seems like you're in agreement with me. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's move to a little bit of a lesser domino, smaller domino. This was a trade between the Rockets and the Mavericks, an all-Texas deal. The Mavericks got... Christian Wood from the Rockets and the Rockets in turn got Boban Marjanovic. Marjanovic. I don't even know how to say his name. I always just say Boban Mar- Marjanovic. 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 Boban Marjanovic. Okay. Trey Burke, Nick's legend, Marquise Chris, Sterling Brown, and Wendell Moore all going to the Rockets. Yeah. This, I, I like this trade too. Um, the story surrounding the Mavericks are, can they get a guy to support Luca? And I, I think they got it with Christian Wood. Um, Christian Wood has kind of been sitting in the cellar as a rocket. Um, I think people have him severely underrated. Um, that pick and roll with Luca is going to be nice. But, I mean, Rockets got some valuable pieces. Boban, Trey Burke, I mean, obviously not the best. Uh best player around but they have a lot of young talent and these guys uh chris burke and boban all have nba multiple years in the nba i think it's kind of a mentor trade personally um but i i like this get for the Mavs especially i did too i did too i i love what you said christian was a damn good ball player and he has been playing well and unfortunately for, for Christian Wood, he, he kind of got his start in the NBA a little late. So while he's only kind of been a name in the league for two or three years now, he's on the older side. He had a, a lot of wear and tear down in the G League and kind of making a name for himself. So for the Rockets philosophy, building towards the future, the young core that we mentioned before, Christian Wood, it would have been hard to see him be a part of it. So they traded him, offloaded a contract. We're able to bring back, like you said, some mentors, some role players, hopefully to get playing with your Jalen Green and your uh, 
Jabari Smith to kind of teach him the game, how things go, the speed of the league. I think it's a good trade. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, Christian Wood's a franchise difference maker because that's not true. He's a good piece to pair with Luca. As you said, that pick and roll will be very, very good. Um, and then really of value, not much value for the Mavericks, decent value for the Rockets, a team that's competing now, a team that's building to the future. So again, just a, I think it's a win-win. I do like it for the Mavericks getting Christian Wood in that lineup should be a good piece for for uh, for Luca. Good re- good rebounder. Good pick and roll player. Um, yeah, I'm 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 all on board for this one. So I'm I'm happy we got two that we were both on board with after yeah. the first two, where we're like, what is going on here? Yeah. But that is going to wrap it up for the first half of the episode. We covered the draft and we covered trades. Of course, up next we do have the free agency dominoes. Big contract signed by the Thunder, also one from the Knicks. Stay tuned to find our conversation about that. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll see you on the other side. And we are back, and we are ready to get into this free agency period. I tell you what, Sam, just like any other year, it's remarkable how quickly these agents work because it seems like the teams and the players have the exact length the exact amount and the exact details in terms of how much is it backloaded, how your player options, they all have it in the first two minutes of free agency. How do they, how do they do it? Please enlighten me because surely they don't tamper, right? That's not allowed. Definitely not, not allowed, not allowed. But of course the one team that is so guilty of tampering, it's not even funny. My New York Knicks tampered so hard to get Jalen Brunson. It's absolutely insane. The news was leaked even before free agency started that his preferred destination was the Knicks. He ended up agreeing to a four-year, $104 million deal. So the conversation we had before about the events on draft night, a little I would say it's a little bit better knowing that the Knicks actually were able to get Jalen Brunson, that they didn't yeah. trade it, trade their first round and create this cap space for nothing. But still, um, it's a lot of money. Of course, a rather cherry-picked stat, but Jalen Brunson is the first player to sign a $100-plus million contract with a new team after not making an All-Star game. Multiple people have done it for the same team, but he is the first to go to a new team and sign 100-plus. But as a non-biased, because it's it is interesting, right? But as, as as a non, it's hard for me to keep my you know my bias out of this because the Knicks finally have a point guard. Uh, the the opening day starters for the past like ten years have been an absolute crap show, from Pablo Prigioni to Raymond Felton, who was Raymond Felton was the best of the bunch, to Alfred Payton to. Uh, the corpse of Kemba Walker. It's been awful. <laughs> so a young player who wants to be here, his dad is on the coaching staff. Sam, talk to me about this. What'd you say? No tampering. No tampering. You know, completely legal. Completely legal. From from a non-biased perspective, tell me how does this change anything? How, if so, how does it change anything for the Knicks? I I actually like this um, a lot. I think Jalen Brunson uh, obviously got overshadowed by Luca, but we saw what J- 
Jalen Brunson can do when he's hot, and it is beautiful to watch. I do think it's a little overpay, but you secured him for four years. Um, he'll grow with the team already established. I'll have a bunch of young pieces um, that have a couple years under their belt. I, I, I really like this pickup. A little overpayment, but you secured him for uh, four years, so... It might look ugly on the front end when you first see that contract, but uh, I think it'll turn out beneficial for the Knicks. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it was, I think everyone kind of agree that when you look at straight what, what the player has done and how much he's getting paid, it's an overpay, right? Those aren't even, but he was a restricted free agent, so in order to get him, you kind of had to overpay to pry him away from Dallas. And, I mean, just look at the state of the league right now. In order to get anybody, you have to overpay, right? So, um, I do think that is fair. I'm certainly excited to watch him play with the Knicks. I tell you what, it is going to be super weird, though, when the Knicks, all their top three offensive options are all lefties, from Julius Randle to RJ Barrett and now Jalen Brunson. And I don't know if I can trust that uh, from a basketball standpoint. Um but, you know, we're just going to have to go with the flow and hope it works. But I feel like that's crazy, right? To have that's just, wild. That is wild, isn't it? But that's kind of the – was one of the big ones from a who signed a free agent deal. Uh, another one was John Wall was able to finally reach a buyout with the Houston Rockets. They are no longer paying him approximately $1 billion to sit on the bench. <laughs> And shortly afterwards, he signed a two-year, $13.2 million deal with the Los Angeles Clippers. Sam, you like it? I do. I I think uh, they didn't overpay. Um, I think it's a low-risk, high-reward. The Clippers have struggled, kind of like the Knicks, to establish that true point guard ever since uh, Chris Paul left. Um, Haven't had that go-to guy that can dish the ball. Um, cause they don't really need a score, um, a strong score, I should say with Paul George Kawhi, if Kawhi plays, uh, this year. Um, but big if I, I, I do, I do like this. I think, like I said, low risk, high reward, cause we haven't seen John Wall playing like 15 years. So it might be a little rusty, but we'll see for sure. You know, I, I like that take. I, I do see a lot of similarities between this deal and the Kemba Walker deal the Knicks signed last year. Um, it, it, it's a chance that, I mean, last year going into the season, I was very happy the Knicks took it. I was really excited to watch Kemba play as a Nick. And Clippers fans, I'm sure, are, are the same way. A couple of differences. A, they have Reggie Jackson. So John Wall will be come off the bench and will lead the bench unit. And, and B, uh, Tom Thibodeau is not the coach. And Ty Lue, if <laughs> – John Wall struggles, he'll realize we need to get this guy off the floor and won't do the Tom Thibodeau thing of just leaving him in no matter how badly he's playing. So I do like this. I think it'll work well. And as you said, they don't really need him to be just this crazy scorer. They have, they have Kyrie or Kyrie. They have Kawhi, all these K's bro. KD, Kyrie, Kawhi. They have Kawhi. They have PG. They don't need him to be, the guy he was in Washington. So this should be a good spot for him to, uh, to play a little bit and uh, just get the rust off as a part of a good team in the second unit. So I, I completely yeah. agree with that. 
But other than that, kind of all we have in the free agent market is a ton of extensions. Players got paid to stay where they are. So I'm just going to run through these real quick, Sam. I'm just going to read the, read the parameters. Tell me if you – I'll throw it to you, see if you like it, dislike it, got any comments. First off, we got the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, Zion Williamson, who didn't play a game last year, has agreed to a five-year $193 million designated maximum rookie extension that could earn him as much as $231 million with incentives. You're already shaking your head. This is wild. Not playing a single game. Dude, I felt like this was if if I can't have him, nobody can kind of thing. Um, how do you offer that much? To guy that has struggled with injuries since he's been in the league. Wild. Um, what, what are your thoughts? He literally blew through a shoe in college. But it, it's a weird spot for New Orleans, right? Because their, their rebuild got, you know, they entered a rebuild and then it got fast forwarded tenfold when they were able to get the package they got for Anthony Davis and then subsequently earned the number one pick. In, in that Zion Williamson draft to kind of fast forward everything. So then expectations were put on this team. Um, it's a lot of money, as you said, but I kind of felt like it had to be done. You just traded for CJ McCollum, a move that I personally didn't like when it happened, but you just traded for him. You got him coming back. You got BI. Um, felt like you kind of had to keep your guy and kind of build this core that might be able to, to make a run at the playoffs. I mean, they made the play in last year without Zion playing a game. So, I, you know, kind of felt like you had to do it. It's a lot of money. Uh, I still am, can't believe the Pelicans let Lonzo go. Uh, I think he was a perfect point guard and pair him with CJ, kind of one of the more ball-dominant two guards, pair him with Zion, pair him with BI. It just, at least the versions of the players we're getting now, seems like a match made in heaven. I know you're as much of a Lonzo guy, more of a Lonzo guy than I am. I'm a big Lonzo guy. Sam is more of a Lonzo guy than I am. But don't forgive him for that, but it felt like this kind of had to be done. Yeah. Moving on the same draft, the Cavaliers were able to ink their guy, Darius Garland, the same five-year, $193 million max designated rookie contract. Again, could be worth as much as $231 million. How about this one? I like this one. Um, they got their guy. Um, I like what he did this uh, past season. I expect them to keep going up. Um, surrounded by a lot of talent, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, those guys. That trio right there is good enough to keep a, keep it together. Um, and they're just going to grow with more experience. Um, I, I like this trade a lot. I've always been a fan of Darius Garland, um, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it's a kind of a almost a, a little bit different but similar spot as the Pelicans where they kind of have their core in place already. There's not yeah. much they can do from, you know, a draft standpoint and getting the younger players. And they have their – that what you can see growing into a big three. Keep them around. Pay your guy. I mean, Garland was incredible this season. Fell off a little bit in the second half, but, he you know, he, he ended up being a number one option for a – solid Cavaliers team, especially in the first half. So, um, so I agree. Just, just keep your guy, keep him with the core and and see where it goes. 
Nikola Jokic, the back-to-back MVP. He secured the largest contract in NBA history. He got five years, $270 million. That is fifty an average annual value of $54 million a year. Man, when, it, when you look at this contract, you're like, wow. Is Jokic really... Is anybody that worth that much? <laughs> I, yeah, um, definitely. But he's back to back MVP. You, you gotta do he's, it, right? He's, he's an absolute unit. Yeah, you have to. I like it. I do. Yeah, um, he's the only solid piece uh, that doesn't get injured. Injured, knock on wood. There for Nuggets. I mean, he didn't have any help. He still put up the numbers he did leading to an MVP season over. I mean, anyone with a sane brain would say that's an overpay, but I don't think it's as ridiculous as people are making it. I mean, back-to-back MVP is going to get the Supermax. Absolutely deserves it. Nuggets absolutely should assign him to that. Keep him in town. You're getting healthier. Um you want to just lock your franchise down. And I think they've done that uh, kind of, as you said, you had to do it. Sure. From a value to price. I don't know if anyone's worth $54 million a year, but he's at the top of his game right now and he's getting paid like it. And I have no problem with it. That dude is, uh, he is playing out of this world. Another superstar, John Morant down in Memphis. He agreed to a five year rookie max extension that'll likely become worth 231 million dollars that same garland and zion deal uh what about this one uh i mean i like it i'm a huge fan uh, it, of jaw i mean it's the same thing we've been saying yeah. right he's your franchise guy you got to keep him absolutely do what you need to do and uh, memphis looks like they'll be number two seed this year only getting only getting more experienced only getting better only getting stronger i'm sure we're on the same page on that one yeah Devin Booker staying in Phoenix when he agreed to a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension. Deal doesn't start until the 2024 season, and it brings his total contract value over the next six years, or two six years from the one he signed earlier, and $295 million. This one? Uh, I think it's a little bit of an overpay, personally. Um, especially when you got this guy, Kevin Durant, uh, interested in coming on uh, your squad. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. Devin Booker uh, is that guy. He's an absolute yeah, he's stud. But that's a lot of money, especially when you saw – you need the Suns need another solid piece um, to get to where they want to go. Um, but, I mean, it's Devin Booker. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, me neither. Like a similar thing, franchise guy. The team's really in it right now. Got to keep them. Ooh, now we move on to one that we kind of touched on the other half of it not too long ago. Carl Anthony Towns. He signed a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension. Same one that Booker signed. And that made his representative, uh, Jessica Holtz. And she became the first female agent to secure a max contract. And she did it with two Supermax deals on the same day. So congrats to Jessica Holtz. Congrats to Carl Anthony Towns. Congrats to the Timberwolves, question mark. 
I don't know about that, man. Uh, this is this is the other side to the coin. Why we were uh, so confused to do this and then trade for Rudy Gobert makes negative sense. Negative. Now, so the Gobert trade happened after. Yes. Yeah, this one is the one I'm questioning a little bit. Um, if they didn't trade for Gobert, I've been like, I. I mean, yeah, all star solid piece on kind of the center point. Uh, right now, it's probably gonna get taken over by Anthony Edwards in a couple of years, but he's your guy. Um, I would have liked it, but then they uh decided to get Rudy Gobert, and that's why I think this extension is just stupid. It's garbage, bro. I don't get one it. or the other, one or the other, not both. It doesn't make any sense. Now, watch as we say that the Timberwolves are going to be a force next year. The two of them are going to have seamless teamwork. They're going to work great, and we're all going to look stupid. But I think every basketball fan right now is just what as confused as we are, I'd hope at least, because it doesn't really make any sense at all. Another extension. This one, we're going down to Oklahoma City. Your boys, Lou Dort, he agreed to a five-year, $87.5 million deal to stay with the thunder give us your thoughts brother yeah this one uh this one's interesting uh to say the least um five year 87.5 don't get me wrong love, love me some Lou dort um i'm i'm glad he's staying i think it's a little overpay um but i'm glad he's gonna be a part of this uh rebuild process i'm glad we secured him um, he's going to be a vital part to this rebuild, I think. Um, just we saw what this young core did, and then we added uh, Shet um, and Jalen Williams, the two Jalen Williams. Um, I'm just glad we got to keep Lou for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good for Lou, man. He he got paid. Um, you, I'm a Lou Dort fan. I know you are too. I think the the kid can play. Um, I am just a little bit confused for a franchise whose whole MO wasn't really to, or at least in recent years, hasn't been to pay people. It's more been to tank and get as many uh, assets as draft assets as possible. Why Lou Dort was the one they decided to, to yeah. sign to a longer term deal. I don't really know, but I, I don't hate it. I'll say that it was a little confusing on why, but uh, I don't hate it. He deserves it. Um, I think this kid can play. And, and as you said, he can be a good piece to a rebuilding Thunder team where you can start to see a core build around, built around Shea, Giddy, Dort, and now Shet coming in. So, uh, they, you know, they obviously saw him as part of the long-term plan. So, so good for Dort. A little confusing, like I said, about why Dort. But nevertheless, I don't hate it. They got cap space for days. And it was only an 87.5 Hey, it's not yeah. like it was a max, so yeah, um, yeah, I would have been a little more upset if it was a max for sure. yeah, I'm guaranteed yeah. <laughs> the NBA world would have been in, in shock. But uh, to round it out, Bradley Beal taking a page out of the Damian Lillard book of loyalty as he decided to stay in Washington again on a five-year 251 million dollar max contract. Uh, I respect I, it. I respect. Does he, does he it. like the museums? <laughs> uh, it's definitely not the branding, that's for sure. 
Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I respect it. Um, just sticking with the squad um, that has gone absolutely nowhere in the past, like, 10 years. Um, but you said a book of loyalty uh, co-authored uh, authored by uh, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal for some reason. They love being on bad teams and just collecting that bag. And I respect it. I do. I, I like it. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I realistically can't tell you, you know, a, a lot of these teams like Oklahoma City, we could kind of see a core start to form. Um, uh, what was the the other one we had talked about? Um, the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, you could see it. Uh, the Cavaliers, you could see it. Mm-hmm. Washington, it's kind of tough to see where that's coming in. But, hey, he, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to go with it's the museums. He loves the museums <laughs> in D.C., and he doesn't want to leave. He loves learning stuff, loves reading the exhibits, and he wants to stay. <laughs> Good for him, I guess. You know, I I, I respect it. Like I kind of respect, like like you said, but God forbid, just Questionable. play with a better team. <laughs> like you have someone like KD, and then you have someone like um, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. Like, like surely there's a happy medium in there, right? <laughs> But those are all the notable deals we had in free agency. There's sure going to be more to come. Obviously, the big one, what is going to happen with KD and then Kyrie? That is a big domino. When that happens, we will have coverage on it on the Crunch Time podcast because that is what we do. And with that, we are going to move on to question. We only got (laughs) one for the episode. Coming at it today. In the NFL, of course, we talked about basketball for the entire episode, but we got to sprinkle some NFL in there because NFL is king. It will always take the spotlight. Baker Mayfield was traded from the Browns to the Panthers. Browns get back a 2024 conditional fifth-round pick, which will become a fourth-round pick if Baker plays 70% of the Panthers' offensive snaps. Sam? As the as the token Browns fan, kind of, on the podcast, talk to me. But I don't get it. I I don't. Um, for either side, I mean, Panthers, you get Baker. How how much better is he? I mean, I'd I'd claim he's better than Sam Darnold. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sam Darnold sucks. But, like, is it that big of an upgrade? I don't know. Um, But the Browns right now are kind of in this weird spot where is Watson actually going to play this year because he has some shit going on. Um, I don't know. This was a weird trade. Kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, Snuck under the radar. Wild. I don't get it, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I, I do think Baker is an upgrade to Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't think he's good at all, and I think that's a very common common belief. Uh, Baker, I'm, I'm not necessarily a Baker fan. I don't think he's all that good either, but I think the upgrade between Darnold to Baker – when you have the team that Carolina does with Christian McCaffrey, 
with DJ Moore, you kind of got some pieces. You're not really in a tank. You're not really in a, in a win. You just kind of got to bring someone in the upgrade there. Is that worth a fifth round draft pick? I think so. I would have made this deal 100 times out of hundred. If I am the Panthers, if I'm the Browns, Oh my God, let's, let's take a look at this off season for the Browns. They treated their first overall draft pick and person who led them to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years, like dirt. They trade for Deshaun Watson. They signed Deshaun Watson to a massive contract. Their first overall draft pick is hurt that he got treated like dirt, undeservedly so. And now is traded for a fifth round draft pick. So not only did you trade him, get another quarterback and sign him to a long-term expensive deal. But I would put the odds that he plays a game in 2022, 2023 season at 0%. He is going to get suspended this year. Maybe even more. So the Browns are in a world of hurt. Not having a quarterback for this year, possibly even longer. Trading away their backup, who, again, treated like dirt. I I don't know what the Browns do. I mean, they could hope he only gets suspended for this year and that Baker can, or uh, Watson can come back next year and play, but I, I, I don't really think the Browns played their cards right well at all. Hey man, you're counting out Jacoby Brissett, man. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. He was able to win a few games in Indy. Who knows? Maybe he can sling the pigskin. But no Baker. Probably no Deshaun. No Deshaun Watson. Certainly. I mean, he's it gotta be suspended for the year. No. You think? Probably without Deshaun Watson for the year, and maybe more. Browns are in a world. I've heard Nick Chubb MVP. You heard it here first. I'm not gonna be able to throw the ball. I'm just gonna give it to him every time. <laughs> him and Kareem Hunt are just gonna run all over teams. Granted, it's what they did last year. So, <laughs> what's more of the same? But with that, that is gonna do it for this episode. Let us know what you think of this NBA postseason. Has it been good? Has it been underwhelming? What moves do you like? Which moves do you not like? Which draft picks do you like? Which ones do you think were reaches? Let us know. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at crunchtime underscore pod. Let us know. That's how we can communicate with you guys. Put your questions on there. Put your comments on there. We want to hear from you. And with that, the clock has now run out on this episode, but we'll see you in the next one on Crunch Time.